If Tyler Eifert does indeed return this week, should you be starting him? If Jacquez Rogers is going to be the man in the Tampa backfield, should you expect him to finish as a top 20 back? And if Jay Ajayi has moved ahead of Arian Foster on the depth chart, is Foster indeed cuttable? Plus, Scott Lundy will join us to share how he has been able to manage two teams into the top 15 in the 2016 Football Guys Players Championship, who he picked up as a secret stash for the sprint for the cash, and how he projects the backfield for the Lions going forward. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Falkland. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We run a brand with a structure for number one commitment. It's all a joke between mom and practice and coffers fitted. So we disappear in the smoke like we're fucking magicians. No hope Are we live, Balky? Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. I think if uh, we were being refereed like an NFL game, there would have been four false start penalties already called against us tonight. But So thank you so much for, uh, for putting up with this, ladies and gentlemen. It's Welcome. Fault. It's not our fault, but we still have to put up with the technical difficulties. Yeah, I know it is. You guys, uh, you guys suck. Yes, they do, and I'm sure they're listening. You know, I listen to the James Altser show all the time. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. For our work week, Tim Ferriss. Really good. Professionally done. Yep. That's because they don't try to do a live show. They produce right. it. They tape it. They put in all the dumb ads in the beginning. Hey, check it out. Get these mattresses for cheap. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, See, this is, the, done. this is the kind of stuff that they do that their show sounds like if they were going to do a live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway, let's move on. We're already behind schedule. Sorry if I'm a little whiny already. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. It is presented by MyFFPC.com. As I said, I'm Eric Falkman. I'm slightly above average when it comes to hosting. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football. He is the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, coming up on tonight's show. Who was the real forgotten man in the Green Bay offense Thursday night? What can you expect from uh, Matt Forte and Blau Powell? <laughs> Dave, I'm trying to tease it. Thank you very much this oh, weekend. All right. Scott Lundy is going to drop by to tell us about how he constructed his two FPC teams currently sitting in the top 15 overall. Shout out to the chat room right now. Post any questions you guys might have in there. At HSFF Hour, at Eric Baldwin, at David Gerzak is where to find us on Twitter. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. If you want to give us a call tonight, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com is our email address. And, of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, our audio engineer, Bryce, who's pulling his air out right now, uh, doing their best to get those questions to us in our fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Big night tonight as we 
kick off uh, week seven now, Dave. Uh, exciting stuff uh, as we move forward to the second half of the regular season of the FFPC main event, Football Guys Players Championship. Big football game last night. Was lucky enough to attend it with premium user, amongst other people. I forgot how much fun primetime games at Lambeau Field can be. And that was my first Thursday night Packers game I've ever seen live. So that was very cool nice. as well. Yeah. yeah, you said you had a good time. Color rush uniforms. That was a little weird. You guys, you know, tell the story about you, how you snuck into the... Uh, yeah, there was a private party. Uh, we, it was a GN... You know what? No, it was the GNC party. Great Northern Corporation. Yeah. It's, no, no, well, well, yeah. Not, not the vitamin. Oh, Great oh. Northern Corporation. Oh, really? I realized when I was telling the story again to somebody today, I'm like, I bet Gerzak thought it was GNC Nutrition. Well, no crap. Yeah. What do you think? I think it was some random Midwestern corporation that no one else knows. Exactly. What do they do even? So, I don't know. I, I was going to give a blurb for buying your, your amino acids and then, you know, and uh, extends if you have uh, penile problems. Right. But um, I'm not sure what Great Northern Corporation does. I'm going to have to go and find out what they do so we can give them a free app. I feel like I was born with penile problems. I don't know <laughs> if there's any kind of drug that would help me at this point. Oh, you know what? If you need any laminating, packaging, uh, roll handling, anything of that nature on a corporate B2B level, these guys at Great Northern Corporation, they're fantastic. They're the Check ones, them out. They're the ones to go to. And we will, the, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour strongly endorses them. Uh, tenderloin sandwiches, brats, open bar last night, beer, uh, liquor, uh, and for those of you who are Facebook friends with me, which I hope is everybody listening, uh, you guys were lucky enough to see a couple of Facebook lives. I watched some of those. That, uh, yeah, I watched them again tonight. Not as funny and awesome as they were when we were doing them live. So, <laughs> a lot of fun last night. We'll talk a little bit more about the game in, uh, in, in just a little bit. One thing I do want to uh, tell everybody, new episode of the High Stakes Lowdown came out this week. Uh, been picked up for the rest of the NFL season. Hey, so, congratulations. So, you, thank you. You did better than Police Squad. But, exactly. Uh, what did they make it? Six episodes? Six episodes. Yeah. That was it. So, uh, well, officially, I haven't, we haven't done six yet, but we're, <laughs> we've been picked up for that much. So, throughout the regular, rest of the regular season, we'll at least have an episode there this week. Rick Raymaker, who is 11th place in the FFPC main event. A lot of good stuff from him. Uh, also a Packers fan. So, I'm sure that he, uh, Packers fan living in Atlanta now. If I was him, I'd call my team the Rainmaker. Uh, I don't think he does. No, I, I know. I can't remember he what he called it. Uh, it's a Seinfeld thing. I want to say Serenity now. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. I've Serenity seen the name a lot of times. So he's uh, 11th place. Uh, he's going to the Falcons-Packers game next week. So very nice. cool. Very cool stuff. I'll be sitting on my couch like usual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I probably will be too at that point. Actually, next week, so Sunday, I think I'll probably be at Epcot. Oh, that's right. You have the big vacation this week. So no yeah. Dave Gerzak on the show next week. Yeah, my daughter is going into high school, and we're kind of serious about academics. So – we're not going to be skipping school like we have been for many years now. Right. You have never been serious about academics with your children before there's, until now. There's some, well, these you know, grade school grades count for grade school people, but they don't count for getting into any universities. Right. So we always, my wife always, she'll look at the 10 days that are allocated before the dean of students starts calling and getting really mad at you. Yeah. To, to kind of get the kids out of school. They can't possibly be sick, but it's 10 days of vacation. So this is the last hurrah for Disney World. And she always likes the Halloween party. Yeah. So that's, that's it, the Halloween. So, I, I prefer the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. That's my, that's my gig. Um, so I'm going to have some African beer and some, you know, some German brats or whatever. But uh, that's it. That's our, that's our thing. So next Sunday I'll be uh, – next Friday I won't be here. Sorry. Right, yeah, next Friday. How many times has your wife gotten a phone call from school to say your daughter has been missing nine times? <laughs> it's getting close, right? Nine times. These are – these are times. Times. 
my, my oldest daughter is mad because she's going to miss geometry proofs this week. Yeah, no. I, uh, I, wouldn't, I don't know what the hell those are. I still don't. I never did. I'll tell you what else I don't understand. What the hell is going on with Jamal Charles? Or our show. We haven't even talked football We're yet. We're going to right now. BJ Kissel on Twitter said that Jamal Charles actually experienced knee swelling on Friday. He's listed as questionable for the game against the Saints this week. Added to the injury report today. Went through a limited practice. I'm actually going to take the um, – quote-unquote opposing stance in this and say this is a good thing for those fantasy owners out there that own both Ware and Charles. We know when Charles was, like, healthy, wanted the training wheels off, he barely touched the ball. Now it's all full go for Spencer Ware. Could have a massive week this week. I've been Charles in every league in which I have any type of you – know, there were some leagues where I had him going. Uh, you know, you look at the projections, you have 10 points, 12 points, 14 points. I think it could be, like, zero points, two points, three points. It could be great. But, I mean, there's such you a could, super that could, low floor. That could be touches. Yeah, exactly. Zero, two, three, or four. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm benching them for, like, marginal guys at this point. I had, uh, in most of my life, I, I own Charles and Ware in two leagues this year, and I had them both starting um, as my two running backs. Because, as we know, anybody listening to the show knows my running backs have been terrible this year. Um, <laughs> but I had both those guys starting, and now I'm actually happy that I'll be able to plug somebody in there and get, you know, more of a higher variance score rather than me allocated to two Chiefs running backs. Yeah. Because they are against the Saints. And they both could have exploded. Um, and maybe they still will if Charles is active. But I feel much more comfortable starting where now and benching Charles. No problem. Yep, I agree. Marvin Lewis today said uh, that they'll see when he was asked about Tyler Eifert's back uh, for his uh, week seven availability. This according to Bengals.com. Marvin Lewis said he will not be a game time decision. They will make the call tomorrow to see how he is, which is kind of bizarre to me. Cause what if he feels good tomorrow? So it's back. Because he so wakes stupid. up Sunday morning, yeah. and it's, then it's messed up again. So. Especially your back. I mean, if you, anyone that's a man in the world has had a, a back problem for a day or two, and then the next day it's like, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I've granted Eifert's, <laughs> Eifert's had back problems since he was like 10 probably. He maybe well, he was playing a bifida or something. You know, he, uh, who knows? But remember, it was the ankle injury from the Pro Bowl that kept him out this long. And then the back injury was new, and that happened last week, I believe. Uh, so he – could play. He might not play. He's the worst. Can I, can I make this suggestion for FFPC players yes. who have been salivating away. to get the tight end Trade him for anything. in their starting lineup this week? Future second. You Maybe a third. would probably be better off holding him off for another week because even if he does play and is active, I, I don't know what his workload is going to be. Now, Dave, your, your, your hot-button phrase, snap count, was not mentioned in this, but I feel like if you read between the lines – Probably could be a snap count on Tyler Eifert that the Bengals just aren't telling anybody. He's terrible. He's not terrible. I hate, he is a talented human being. I officially being. hate Eifert. I, I don't know why you're that upset about Tyler Eifert. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, he, he, uh, he's better he, than Josh Brown. Don't get me wrong. We exchange Christmas cards every year. Um, he sent me some Omaha steaks in the mail in the past, <laughs> which was great. Delicious stuff. That's what I said. Them are good. The, them are good. And, uh, I will not let you besmirch the good name Tyler Eifert on the show. That's that. He does not have a good name. Sit him this week. He's dynasty. He's like dynasty trash. All he does is waste a roster spot. Put him in somebody else's roster for anything. Second round pick? Yeah, for sure. I would take. Yeah, I would take a future second. Unless it was the best team in the league. But even then, even then, I probably would maybe think about it. I. Uh, I don't have like Trump there. I'd probably maybe think about it. <laughs> well, you can just throw out one I'd of those. Probably maybe think about you yeah. know the. You know, the Muslim ban. I'm telling you, maybe think about whether or not we're going to No politics, no politics. <laughs> I said we were going to talk about that Packers-Bears game last night. Aaron Rodgers 
56 attempts sets a completions record for the Green Bay Packers franchise with 39. So you're thinking you started Jordy Nelson. Man, how many catches did he get? 9, 10, 15, 30? He got one. He crushed nothing. One catch for nine yards on four targets. Nelson still tied for the NFL lead in touchdowns, but he has seen just 11 targets in the last two games. Who and rolled two it? games before that, he had 20. His volume appears to be shrinking. Yeah, volume appears to be shrinking. It is. Jordy's getting smaller. He's we, not like Leon. We, we, Leon's we, getting larger, and Jordy's getting smaller. We're going to step on the ledger there. His uh, volume appears to be shrinking. No kidding. In one catch. Jordy Nelson. Uh, you still got to roll him out there, but, man, this is disappointing. And a, and a game that, again, you say this before the game, hey, Balky, three Packers receivers are going to get double-digit catches tonight. I would have lost a lot of money if I, you know, if I said, well, I'm sure Jordy Nelson's going to be one of those three. Yeah. And he wasn't. No. Still got to roll him out there, though. And, it, and they play Atlanta next week, so he could end up – and their secondary is nothing to write home about. That could be a potential shootout game, too. Jordy got a little bit messed up in the middle of the game, too. He was kind of limping off after that weird tackle that was made by that Chicago player. And that guy got hurt, too. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of affected him for the rest of the game. You worried Montgomery, about that for next week? No, not, it didn't seem that serious. Montgomery looked fantastic. I mean, that was great. I think that that was really good game planning. I, I rip on McCarthy a lot, but – I think that was really smart the way they used Montgomery. In and out of the backfield, he looked a little bit like David Johnson with how skillful he is as a, at playing the running back role, And but he's got the receiver skill set. He was great. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Montgomery when Starks comes back to this team. Once, he's much better than Starks. Once Nile, but, I mean, how they work him in, because they, they're not going to just go away from Starks, Nile Davis, Don Jackson. They're not just going to go away from So, Don guys. Jackson, why don't we talk about him for a little bit? Sure. Name the starter. Roto World, yeah, he's the starter. Yeah. Point six points. Well, he did have a hand injury, though. I get that. But, you know, it's, it's so frustrating for owners. You know, like they try and, and – but, you know, you can kind of read between the lines that Montgomery was the kind of the guy to start because he's going to get the third down work. What was that? Oh, that was your phone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, you can read between the lines. But if you own Jordy Nelson and, um, and, um, and Jackson, you would just were so upset about the results of the game. But if you own, like, Crosby – Montgomery and the Packers defense, you're like, wow, what a great game I got. And, or Cobb. Yeah. So. I, I mean, the, the thing is, this is, we're entering a new phase in this Green Bay offense, and I think the people <laughs> that adjust to it quickest are going to be the people that are going to be the most successful come the end of the season. Uh, Justina Anderson reports that the uh, Bills are trying to push LaShawn McCoy to play in the game in South Beach this week against Why? the Dolphins. Has a hamstring injury. He is questionable. There is talk that he might miss multiple weeks. Uh, Anderson said she had a well-placed source saying that McCoy would not play against the Dolphins and miss just more miss more than just this game. Um, Justine Anderson said there was so much concern about McCoy uh, yesterday because of all the hamstring problems he had last year, which uh, at the start of the season, obviously, he got off to that slow start. We well, so, ought to rectify that as, as you push him to play, then, if you have a hamstring problem. He wrote a world, which I want to thank for tonight's rundown, made the point that that would be stupid, but far be it from, the NFL, from NFL teams to make a stupid decision when it comes to their players <laughs> like this. That's so unbelievable. I mean, Miami does not have a good rush defense, not a good defense in general. Granted, it's Mike Gillisley has played very well. Granted, yeah, like it's a road game. And Miami plays well, better at home. And they're coming off the big win against Pittsburgh. But nevertheless, it's like Gillisley is going to be 75, 80% as good as, as McCoy. So there's no reason to play. I think the other thing that, that – 
Buffalo may be pushing him, and we'll get into this a little bit later. We're going to talk uh, about Charles Clay. They're running out of weapons in Buffalo. Uh, no Watkins. Uh, Robert Woods was in a walking boot this week. It doesn't sound like he's going to play. So the receivers you can't count on at all. Charles Clay is really the only guy they have left if McCoy sits. And to, to have Tyrod Taylor count on Mike Gillisley and Charles Clay uh, for a 60-minute football game at the point where Buffalo is in the season where they're actually approaching a wild card, I think that – and Rex Ryan is fighting for his job. I think you have to look at to the point where th- there is no tomorrow for that coaching staff. They want to get wins now, and if they're getting Shady McCoy at 75%, that might be enough to get them to win this week, even if it hurts, you know, if they're kicking the can down the road where now he's questionable the following week and, or, or maybe misses a couple of weeks. I think that that's what they're weighing right now. And clearly, if, if what we're hearing is correct, they are making the wrong decision and trying to start him. And if you own, to bring it back to fantasy, if you own LeSean McCoy, I don't think you want him to be active. Because if he is, you're going to want to trot him out there, but then there's the risk of re-injury, there's the risk of being um, you know, hurt even worse or, or overcompensation causing a different injury. I think there's a lot of problems with McCoy if he does play this week, so they definitely need to sit him. I hope they make the right call. Well, think about this for a second. One of the top two receivers on the team this week for the Bills is so bad at football that he was trying out for the Olympics, trying to change careers, right. and, he was so, and he didn't qualify for the real Olympics. So Marquise Goodwin comes back to his team. That's how bad they are at receiver. Right That's now. true. It's, it's, a, it's a very bad situation. We have a very good situation because we have Scott Lundy coming up. But last point I want to get to this. By the way, my mom's name is Pat Lundy. Oh, there you go. Spelled differently, by the way. Correct. Uh, Browns coach <laughs> no, Hugh, no Hugh Jackson, yeah, no relation, said uh, today that there's a chance for all prior. Uh, we'll play at the Bengals. This according to SiriusXM NFL Radio. Pryor did not practice all week, Dave. He has, again, these hamstring injuries, they can linger. Sounds like he's going to be a game-time call. If he doesn't go, Richard Higgins will uh, start on the one side opposite Ricardo Lewis with Andrew Hawkins playing the slot outside of Gary Barnage or maybe uh, Duke Johnson. I don't want any part of this Cleveland offense this week facing the Cincinnati Bengals. No, I like as a flyer. I like Ricardo Lewis as a flyer. I drafted him in a number of fantasy, I fantasy leagues that in like we, the fourth round. We actually – He's own, a great metrics player. Yeah, we, we the consortium owns him in one Kentucky league. Does it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I, I thought was a mistake. Picked up when I saw the roster. Yeah, like, sometimes you have two bucks. Yeah. You know, cutting some guy that's uh, on IR, which yeah. there's resilience to. So, Terrell Pryor. He doesn't practice all week. Do you think he plays? No, I don't think I don't so. think so either, and I think you need to prepare as if he will not be active. Again, Kessler's playing pretty decent football. And yeah. I, I, I mean, they're probably not going to win the game, but if Ricardo Lewis is your number one, I, I, I really think that there's a chance he'll get a bunch of targets. Higgins hasn't been playing. I mean, Jordan Payton's buried in the depth chart. So. Cleveland is a team that is 0-6 and certainly is not playing for anything this year. I hope they don't risk Terrell Pryor's, again, season-long health for this game here. Sit him. Rest them, get them ready for next year. You know, Cleveland in two years, not this, not this year, not the year after. But I mean, they have so many draft picks next year, and now they're going to have another, like, top one pick. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, yeah, they're going to take one of those awesome quarterbacks, whoever it emerges to be. You know him. I don't. Deshaun Watson. Or, yeah. Uh, actually, the Deshaun, I, I think his name is – Chadron can help me out in this. We uh, should get our guests on. I think his name is Deshaun Kaiser from Notre Dame. He's another guy that's being talked up as being the number one pick. We'll talk about that in Dynasty. Let's <laughs> talk about redraft. Right after this, you're listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and David Gerzak bringing in Scott Lundy, two top 15 teams in the Football Guys Players Championship. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak, your hosts 
for the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour ride here every week on the Fantasy Sports Network. It is time to bring in tonight's guest, who's been incredibly patient, and I want to thank him in advance. Uh, let's bring him in. He's been playing fantasy football for nearly three decades, is a five-year veteran of the Fantasy Football Players Championship, has a currently, uh, currently has a team in sixth place and another team in 11th place overall in the 2016 Football Guys Players Championship, both gunning for a $250,000 grand prize in a $1.8 million prize pool. He's making his high-stakes fantasy football hour debut tonight. Please welcome into the show Mr. Scott Lundy. Scott, welcome. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Very excited to have you on. Very excited to have another Midwestern guy on the show tonight, Dave. I'm excited that we can hear him. Yeah, that's always good. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that, wasn't it, I don't know, a few years ago, I feel like when we were at NFFC in Chicago and people were introducing themselves and saying where they're from, and everybody's like, oh, I'm from Chicago, I'm, I'm from, you know, uh, Milwaukee, I'm from Wisconsin or Minnesota. And somebody said, is everybody who plays fantasy football literally from Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois? Yeah. And you know what my response was? The good ones are. <laughs> Stands me. We have a good one on the show tonight, Scott. Thanks for joining us. Uh, before we get into fantasy, let's, uh, let's talk about what you do for a living when you're not dominating the Football Guys Players Championship. Well, I, I don't know if I would call it dominating. It's early in the season yet, but uh, you know, what I do for a living is I work for a financial services company, uh, small town, Midwestern Minnesota. We manage money and do financial plans for people. So that's what I do other than uh, spending time with my family, and that's pretty much my life. Financial planner, Dave, I, norm- I know you normally like to grill our financial planner guests. Do you have any uh, yeah. funny questions for Scott right I away? A, I have a question. Scott, you do some estate plans, I assume, correct? I'm sorry? You do estate planning occasionally? Correct. Yeah. You, where you do like a trust for someone? Well, attorneys mostly do that. We just advise them, you know, what to do. Okay. I, was just, I just wanted to comment that. My family has. So it wasn't a question; it was a comment. I mean, it was a comment about. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you ever get these like forty-five page estate plans or documents that have like a hundred signatures? It's worse than a mortgage. I, I don't know if you ever get those. Well, every time we do an investment, it's like a mortgage. Yeah, exactly. Not just the financial plan itself, but every time we do, just uh, the regulations in our business these days is it's pathetic. So it's like it takes it takes half an hour just to go through paperwork. That's, it's, it's so annoying, boss. You always, I mean, all the regulations, all the paperwork. I'm not going to get political, so we'll just move on. Well, I'll just say this. You, you want to talk about paperwork. I think, uh, you know, the reason that Blog Talk Radio once again screwed us over tonight was because I still am only two-thirds of the way through the paperwork that they've given me for the show. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, again, it's been five years. I'm hoping that by 2018 we can get through all this paperwork, all this uh, nonsense from a technological aspect will be solved. It's, but, funny, it's just an online form. You put your name and your email address. Definitely, it is not that whatsoever. <laughs> Let's bring it back to fantasy before I get angrier. All right, Scott. Hey, congrats. Two top 15 teams in the Football Guys Players Championship. It feels a little bit like cheating, but, you know, we run an honest uh, contest over here. At a time when zero RB is the, uh, the you know, the most popular the thing norm. in the country. Yeah, not even the norm. It's the, I don't know, strategy to Strategy to deserve, yeah. You drafted three running backs that first five rounds in both of those leagues, you dummy. <laughs> Anyway, it's still working out. As the drafts unfolded, how surprised were you at the running back value that was falling to you? Well, I guess you could call me contrarian, right? But uh, for sure, yeah. You know, in this day and age, with all the the past happy teams, uh, when I was going into this, I was looking at, uh, you know, I I got uh, the one team I drafted two receivers in the first two rounds, 
came up with a third round pick. I'm like, half, you know, two thirds of the people have been receivers taken. I saw the value at running backs, and I, you know, wasn't really planning on it at the time, but, you know, I just kind of went with it. That's the way to do it, man. Yeah, I, I feel like that was, um, not to, again, bring it back to my fantasy teams, but I feel like that was my shortcoming this year, is I should have gone with the flow more instead of being, because I know there were times. You were talking about it, and you were like, I'm taking this receiver, this receiver. This I was, well, not the, not necessarily that receiver. or Like, I had certain players in mind, but certain positions. And I was, yes. again, un, I was unwilling to be anything but rigid. I said, I don't care. If I don't grab these receivers here, I'm going to be regretting it down the road. And you know what? I am regretting it down the road after I drafted those receivers because I usually have two top 30 options or top 35 options on my bench every single week. I can't play them all. And then my, and honestly, my running backs are like top 40 options. Like my number one and number two, they're, it's pathetic. It's awful. Nobody wants to hear about it. They want to hear from a guy who's doing it the right way. And we're going to ask Scott more about that. Looking at these two drafts, Scott. Can I interrupt you? Yes, you can. So they say, and this is a Japanese quote, bamboo is flexible, bending with the wind, but never breaking. Right. Capable of adapting to any circumstance. Yeah. Maybe it should be more like bamboo ball. Instead yeah. of like an oak tree. Yeah. Planting my roots solidly into the ground where, you know, nobody is going to knock me over. Resilient. Yeah, I'm more resilient. And, uh, if you're stubborn. like bamboo. Yeah, I should be more like bamboo. <laughs> there's, there's a team name in there somewhere for 2017. Scott, looking at these two drafts that you have in the uh, top 15 of the FPC, uh, they're built very differently. Uh, not a lot of common players uh, on the team overall, and only DeMarco Murray being selected in both leagues in the first half of each draft. Uh, everybody else was different. Do you normally like to diversify your selections that much when you're playing multiple leagues? Well, you know, usually not that much. Um, I like to diversify a little bit, but this kind of just happened by a circumstance, um, you know, based on, you know, where everybody fell. I think in one of the leagues I had uh, the second overall pick and the other one is the fourth overall pick. So relatively, you know, the same draft positions, you know, pretty close together. Uh, so it just kind of really happened to be, you know, where the guys fell. I wasn't really planning on uh, not drafting a similar team. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny you say that DeMarco Burns, the only one that's kind of common, but uh, just really just kind of just how it fell, to be honest with you. I mean, Murray's been so fantastic. He's been very good. He's been very good. And, Dave, I'll ask you this. Of all the guests that we've had on, and I'm not asking you for specific examples, but normally when we have a guest on that has multiple teams and is doing very well, actually if they just have one team that's doing very well, usually they have some other teams right up at the top too. And there usually is a lot of crossover. It's very rare to not only get a guest on that has two teams in the top 15 of a 6,900-team event, but to have two teams that are so different as far as player, you know, it's so difficult to hit on players in general. And when you're hitting on so many on two separate teams to put them up there, really unbelievable. I can't remember if that's, if that's ever something we've ever had on the show before. If so, it's very infrequent. Very infrequent. Unrememorable. Yes. Yeah. It's, I would say it happens almost as often as me drafting a good running guy happened this year, roughly that same ratio. Come on. That's something like that. So, uh, you haven't been too flashy <laughs> on the waiver wire this year. Do you have a lot of bidding dollars left? Um, yeah, in one of the leagues, I have, I have about you know uh, somewhere between five and six hundred bucks. The other one's about eight hundred. I oh, really haven't God, been that aggressive this year. I could. I, I think I have a league where I have like twelve bucks left. 
everyone that's 34, but that's my worst <laughs> one so far. So, yeah, really, it's not for anyway, lack of so, trying. You know, I've tried. I've, you just, I've you tried just to get some players, but they just didn't all bid. So you're more conservative Pardon? in your bidding strategy. Is that right? Well, I would say that, yeah. I mean, you know, there hasn't been that guy out there this year that I want to say I want to spend, you know, 50% of my budget on this year yet. So uh, I haven't seen anybody well, that's going to, like, planner, I think that's good. <laughs> Isn't that good as a financial planner? Yeah. You, got, you want your clients going, like, I, I blew my load right away, $995 the first week. Yeah, we, we don't want, like, a uh, you don't want, like, a Jordan Belfort, you know, managing <laughs> your money. I think Scott's creating – we're getting him some clients tonight. The Bernie made off of bidding where yeah. he tries to get extra yeah. bidding dollars out on the slot. Yeah, I went nine ninety nine on Kevin Ogletree. I, I mean, what thousand, the hell? Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, Scott, you, uh, you're living in Minnesota. I can't help but notice that uh, in one of your leagues, in one of these FPCs, you actually picked up Adrian Peterson. Uh, do you know something yep. that we don't know in regards to him coming off his injury and being a fantasy factor in the stretch run the last few weeks of the season in the championship round? Or was this just sort of a speculative, ah, we'll see what happens? Well, you know, it's kind of confidential information there. But, uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, no, it's, it's kind of a hope and a prayer. It's, uh, you know, one of those guys that believes in Adrian Peterson. He came back from an other injury earlier than people expected. He says uh, he'll be back early December. I trust him. I believe him. But really, it's just a hope and a prayer. And you mentioned my DeMarco Murray pick. You know, you know, I have him in both those leagues. He's on a bye in week 13, which happens to be the, you know, the championship week for the leagues. Just kind of hoping, like I said, a hope and a prayer, hoping the EP might be there to help me out. But if not, we're relying on the other guys. That's going to be an interesting. We haven't really talked about that at all. But DeMarco Murray, I feel like a lot of the players that we've talked to this year have had DeMarco Murray on their teams because he's been having a pretty solid year uh, early on. I think Tennessee's, sure. Tennessee's offense has been better than advertised or better than what a lot of people thought they would be. And their defense, too, which has given them decent field position. Very good, yes. And now people who are having that success that are putting themselves in a position to be in that championship game I think it's never too early to be looking at, okay, how am I going to replace Murray in week 13? And certainly uh, Peterson would be an option there. I'll tell you who. Who uh, plays, you know, what defenses play the Jets in weeks 14, 15? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've gotten on that there, Scott. I'll tell you another running back situation that, yeah, that, you, that you should ask Scott about is the Tampa one because that's another one that has turned it, – it's beyond confusing at this point. I, I don't get it anymore. Well, gee, that leads right into my next question that's written right here in front of me. Doug Martin suffered a setback, and Vincent Jackson and Charles Sims are on IR. B. Jackson is a wide receiver balking. Just keep reading the question. I said the same thing when I was reading these, and, and Rob said this to me. He said, just keep reading it. These aren't written. I'm just making this up. The Bucks are running out of offensive weapons. So what do you think of the great Jacquez Rogers possibly being a top 20 back the next, um, next few games, if not the rest of the way, considering the sizable workload he had last week? Well, you kind of paused there when you said uh, in the next few weeks or the rest of the year, and I think that's the way I look at, you know, Jaquiz Rogers is, you know, maybe the next few weeks, but I'm not sure the rest of the year. You know, I don't think he's uh, really uh, – I'm not sold on him being able to live up to that, that type, type of workload. You know, it's certainly possible that, you know, if he gets, uh, you know, plays a Charles Sims role and gets, you know, four or five catches a game, 50 yards, and, you know, 40, 50 yards rushing, he could be there, but uh, – it all depends on if Doug Barton comes back, but I just I don't see Rodgers holding up under that kind of type of workload that he had last week. 
we always talk about, uh, you know, how what makes a successful fantasy player, and it's always talent and opportunity coming together. Certainly Rodgers has the opportunity. Martin had a setback. I'm sure he's going to be out probably another month. Uh, you have Charles Sims on IR. I mean, we really don't know if he's coming back this season. Tampa does not have a whole lot else in the backfield. And now Vincent Jackson on IR. So certainly the, the brunt of that of the, of the offense is going to have to fall somewhere. And there's only so much that can go to Mike Evans. And I, and I think with the workload that Jacquez Rogers saw in his first game out there as the guy certainly puts a warm, fuzzy feeling uh, in you if you want to start him uh, this coming week or maybe the week after. I think you make a good point about the workload uh, because I don't think that any running back can do what he did. I mean, what do you have, like 15 carries in the first half? He had like eight carries on the first drive on Monday Night Football last week. That's not sustainable. Uh, and then the talent aspect. Jack was Rogers, uh, really not going to be the most talented running back uh, anytime he steps on the field uh, in the NFL. So I think that that comes into question as well. So it all depends on, on sort of workload and, and how that goes. Uh, and how long he's able to, to keep this up. But certainly, uh, you know, Tristan Cockroft from ESPN always talks about and to, to bring baseball into this. He always talks about when a player is on a hot streak, you, you want to ride that hot streak as long as you can. When the player goes cold, you drop him. And it, it's all about squeezing every last drop of juice out of the orange. So he calls it juicing the orange. And I think you need to juice the Jacquez Rogers orange at this point right now uh, because we, we don't know when it's going to run out. We have much more with Scott Lundy coming up right after this on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scott Lundy is our guest tonight. He of the two top 15 teams in the Football Guys Players Championship as we head into Week 7. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak, and this is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Let's talk a little uh, about that Packers game last night, uh, which was very interesting, Scott. Rodgers sets the franchise record with 39 completions, nickel and diming the Bears' defense to death. Death by a 1,000 paper cuts is essentially what it was. Uh, three Packers receivers get double-digit touches, Montgomery, Devontae Adams, and Randall Cobb. Now you look at the Packers' running back situation. Eddie Lacy is on IR. James Starks is expected to miss at least two more weeks, could be more than that. Can we really expect this type of production from Cobb, Adams, and Montgomery going forward, or was this a product of um, maybe facing up against a, a, an average or slightly below average defense that Rodgers just was really able to uh, to take advantage of? Well, that's a great question. I think uh, it's certainly possible, but I think unlikely to, well, for all three of them anyway. You know, I can see one here and there. You know, Jordy Nelson's going to get his looks. Defenses are going to adjust to what the, the Bears are, or the Packers are doing. They'll start covering those shorter passes, leaving Jordy Nelson open deep later on. Uh, but I think certainly, you know, especially with Niall Davis right now being their main back until Starks gets in there, that, you know, they're going to rely on this type of offense. I don't see Niall Davis carrying the rock 25 times a game. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's capable for a while, but not all three at one time. Probably more Jordy Nelson going forward. When you uh, – we, talk, we talked about Don Jackson and Niall Davis uh, at the top of the show. Uh, Scott, how did you handle those guys in waivers this week? Uh, were, were these guys that, that you acquired, did you go strong on any of them, or did you just put out some, uh, you know, keep them honest type bids? I actually didn't go in on any of them. I, you know, Niall Davis was intriguing a little bit, but, uh, you know, definitely not this week since he was just uh, traded two days ago. Uh, Don Jackson I didn't really know a whole lot about. I uh, just didn't feel the Packers really haven't used Lacey the way I thought them they would this year, and, you know, why would they use somebody from the practice squad that, you know, any better? So 
I just kind of stayed away from the whole thing. Nine, <clears throat> now you know a little bit about Don Jackson. He sucks. Point six points. <laughs> Again, he got hurt. I mean, he had a hand injury. So, and, and, and apparently what I read was ball security was the biggest thing. That's why he didn't go back in there because they, he could not secure the ball with that injury as well as he should be able to as an NFL running back. So I don't want to completely trash Don Jackson uh, after, you know, very limited amount of play. Uh, but certainly maybe you can take advantage of that and pick him up next week because he didn't show a whole lot, and he might actually – I know he's out there in a couple of my leagues still. So. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a spot for him. All right, so speaking of – because my team's so awesome, Dave. Speaking of people who didn't show a whole lot this past <laughs> week, Matt Forte, uh, very great player over the years, but uh, he started really strong. He's not doing as well lately. And the Jets are already possibly looking at next year. They're, they're one in five. Geno Smith is the quarterback. Eric Decker's out for the year. So what effect do you think this will have on Forte and uh, Bill Apollo for uh, fantasy purposes? Well, I hope I'm not being a little biased because I have Matt Forte on one of my teams and Bilal Paul on the other team. But uh, uh, personally, you, I think you nailed it on the head. Geno Smith at quarterback, big question mark. I think they're going to really try to rely on the running game. I think they're going to try to get Forte going right now, do a lot of short dump-off passes, and hopefully that's what I think will happen going forward. Hopefully I'm not too biased, but that's what I think will happen. Do you think that um, when, when you look at Forte getting that action, do you think that Kalau Powell, sort of his workload takes, takes a step back with, with Forte? Um, you know, his snaps have, have been nearly similar uh, to Bilal Powell's last couple of weeks. Do you think Forte takes that step forward again and maybe is sort of that 65 70% of the workload type guy? Well, I would think so if I was the coach. I'm not the coach. I'm only a fancy owner hoping that he gets that role. But uh, if you go back to the first two weeks of the season, <laughs> when Forte was on fire, if you will, uh, they were the Jets were kind of rolling offensively a little bit. But I kind of hope they go back to that type of philosophy, you know, use Bilal Paul in the third downs and out of the backfield more often. But, uh, you know, Forte was doing really well early in the season, and I hope they get back to that. Hey, Bucky, can I tell you about another 1-5 team? Sure. They're on by this week, Carolina. Yeah. And I was looking at my bets from uh, Las Vegas. Oh, my God. Here we go. And I, and to Scott, to tell you, I, I thought I had bet $500 on the uh, Carolina under. That was my big lock. And when I say it's a lock, it means I read the Football Outsiders Pro Football Almanac. Well, 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 what did you bet it at? And I, and I, total season wins. It was under 10 and a half. Okay. And actually, I had that as a, I do have that as a $500 bet, but I also thought with a private, like, five dimes, not my account, someone else's. But I thought I had done the same thing in Las Vegas. So I looked at my ticket today because I was cleaning up my backpack before our Florida trip. Right. And I actually only bet three hundred dollars, but I had betted on Carolina not making the playoffs at plus three twenty-five. Holy cow! That is beautiful. I'm, I'm feeling, I, I feel like I can pay for a couple nights of the holiday. That, wow, that is very, very nice. Very nice. That's even better. Oh, so Scott, that has nothing to do with you or this interview. But I was just thought one or five. I thought, well, that, well, okay, let's. Let's bring it back to, to Scott here because we do have a couple of uh, listeners. Carolina questions? No, they took the time to email the show and wanted to ask Scott a couple of questions. So let's get to those right now. The first one is uh, from Gary in Lexington, Massachusetts. He writes, uh, Dear Scott, is, uh, is Stephon Diggs playing hurt right now? Do you think we've seen his best games this season already? Gary, thank you for the email. 
Stephon Diggs was a guy that broke out earlier in the season. Actually had a kind of a mini breakout in 2015, but he certainly looked very, very good in that Packers game this year. And has been a big part of that passing offense. Had the hamstring injury, missed last week's game. Or excuse me, not last week's game, the week before Minnesota's on by this past week. But what's your opinion on Diggs' health right now, Scott, uh, being, being a Minnesota guy? What, what have you been hearing? What do you personally think? Well, I think they're going to be very cautious with it. You know, uh, you know, my son's a big Stephon Diggs fan, and he's been begging for his jersey. So we hope he gets back out there soon because he's a very important part of our team. But, you know, it sounds like he's been kind of practicing. He's going to play this week. I think they'll be cautious with him, but I think he'll be out there this week playing just like normal. And if he was playing with, playing with a hurt, you know, two weeks ago before he actually uh, uh, sat out that one week. So I think he'll be fine going forward. Yeah, Dave, uh, I don't Do you own Diggs in any league this year? I'm not really. I don't. I had like, like three or four, it seemed like. It just he, he kept falling to me, and I get really excited after that Packers game. And uh, I just want, again, the, the biggest, I mean, I want, I want to be able to start these guys that are performing well, but I'm telling you, week six, week seven, just get these guys healthy. If they need the extra week, give them the extra week. And I think, see, I, hold on, and I'll tell you this about Minnesota, undefeated. Okay, I believe they're the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. And what did they do? Well, their last game before the bye. You know what? We got the bye week coming up. Let's sit digs. Let's let him get right. So he comes back ready to go against Philadelphia. It's the anti-Buffalo. I'm, I'm telling you. I mean, Minnesota looks very good this year, and it's not like they're making dumb decisions. So smart football. Yeah. Leave it at that. By the way, Andrew Mima said that Treadwell was healthy, so play him. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we, have, we, have another, we have another email here, uh, Scott. This is from Al in uh, San Francisco, California. Is the Detroit running back situation one to be avoided for the remainder of the year, or do you have a favorite guy there? Good luck the rest of the season. Thank you, Al in San Francisco, for the email. Detroit running backs. Man, there's been a bunch of them this year. Amir Abdullah, Theo Riddick. Um, Justin Forsett, the other Dwayne guy. Washington, Zach Zenner. A, the lot, other a lot of names in there, a lot of names in that backfield. There's uh, a certain white guy now. Yeah, well, yes. That's, <laughs> I don't know if he started, but I know he yeah. played a significant role. Uh, Scott, as you look at that, that Lions backfield, is there anybody there that you're interested in uh, either rostering or, or perhaps starting? Uh, no, next question. <laughs> Simple as that. I think, you know, Simple I, I that. Up, uh, it, it, in, in that 14-team um, Kentucky Auction League, Dave, I picked up Amir Abdullah for a dollar because obviously the talent pool for free agency is not very deep. Oh, the 14-team auction? Yeah, so I picked up Abdullah for a dollar. And we have all the good players on our budget. Okay. Yeah, well. Hey, at least your Roethlisberger versus Luck decision is an easy one. Though. Exactly. Yeah, so that was Everyone was giving us crap over overspending. Yes, well. Now we have two of the great quarterbacks, and one that's just sitting in the bench. Yeah, well, that's the way it works out times. Yes. Uh, do you have a, a, a big, illustrious final question for Mr. Lundy here tonight? We still haven't gone already. We started later. We I, I'd like, I'd like, I know you're just angling to ask him financial planner questions, and I'm not going to allow you to abuse our guests on what? a week-to-week basis. You, all right, here's a financial planner question. Do you ever, uh, do you guys do more ETFs, or do you actually, like, for your clients in Minnesota, do you ever say, oh, this Minnesota-based company is kind of good, or do you just not, you don't do anything geographic, where you, you're like, oh, buy this company? No, we don't do anything geographic, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Very smart, you passed. Got it out of your system now. All right, so. <laughs> yeah. Scott, please give us, 
an early round stud that people should uh, seriously consider benching this week, as well as a player that not many people will start this weekend that you think will actually have a good performance? Well, I think, uh, you know, the top stud that I'm going to bench this week in any of my lineups or in daily for that matter would be DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think that he's going to perform against the, the Bronco defense. I don't know if Tlaib will be shadowing him or not, but I just, I just can't see him performing well against the Broncos. And some people might disagree thinking Osweiler might come in and try to show him up, but I don't agree on that topic, but, but he being the guy would sit. Uh, the guy that I would play that a lot of people might not, uh, I'm going to play him in one of my leagues this week is Alan Hearns. I think the Raiders secondary is very beatable. A lot of people thinking Alan Robinson I think both Robinson and Hearns are great plays this week, and the Raiders secondaries can get lit up. Very good. You know what? That's really interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to follow this up with a dynasty question. It's a personal one. Uh, an owner in one of my dynasty leagues offered me Todd Gurley, and he said he's interested. In, I have two receivers. I have both Hopkins and Allen Robinson. Now, these are my, my team is kind of on the semi-rebuild, but I have David Johnson as my number one running back, but then my number two is like, it's seriously like a Bill Al-Powell type thing. I took the team over a few years ago and I'm trying to rebuild it. So, but my receivers aren't that great either. I think I have Kevin White on IR, um, Hopkins, Robinson. Kevin White? No, you, you always rip on him on the show, and you own him in Dynasty? I don't want to talk about that, Paul. <laughs> wow. I got a question. <laughs> if, you, if you are the owner. Yeah, Devontae, Devontae Parker, Corey Coleman. So I have some young wide receivers, but these are my two core guys. Would you make a trade of Hopkins or Robinson for Todd Gurley in Dynasty? You have Gurley? No, he has Gurley, I have Hopkins, and Robinson. So he would – effectively, he's willing to trade Gurley for probably either one, it sounds like. Okay. Well, I don't know. If, if you tell me the – right now, I, I probably wouldn't do it. I think that uh, Gurley needs a better offense line for him to perform better. I don't know when that's going to happen, but uh, I'd, I'd, want, I'd want Hopkins long-term or Robinson. Yeah, okay. That's cool. I kind of dissed him a little bit on – I mean, I, by the way, I said this because I was watching straight out of Compton earlier. I kind of refused the offer. You did. You need to sweeten the pot, yep. as it were. I said, yo, dog, you got to make it better. And Shemima chiming in in the chat, he actually traded uh, a former guest of the show, Bip Lab Mandel, uh, Alan Robbins. By the way, I like how Bip Lab is just Bip Lab now. It just goes by one name. Well, how many Bip Labs are there? Well, I mean, I just like everybody knows, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jewel. Bip Lab, right, yeah. Celine, Madonna. <laughs> um, he traded uh, Allen Robinson for Todd Gurley straight up in uh, FFPC Dynasty. So, interesting. Before the season started. Yeah. There you go. All right. Scott, it has been a pleasure tonight, man. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us. Thanks for uh, giving us some insight into how you built those teams and, and sort of your overarching uh, fantasy uh, strategy uh, in, in high-stakes leagues. I wish uh, – Wish you nothing but the best going forward. You certainly have uh, two great teams, two great cracks at that $250,000 grand prize. We'll see how it ends up. Um, but who knows? Maybe we'll end up uh, talking to you at the end of the season uh, when we are giving you a big, fat check. Thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me. Scott Lundy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Very cool. Term- the Terminators franchise, he, uh, all, all teams are Terminators, so if you see him nice. uh, in their, uh, you know, in your league or, or what have you, it might be him. Uh, sixth place and 11th place. Pretty killer. That is, I mean. Again, you know, normally, I, I don't want to keep harping on this, but normally you see a team or two teams that are owned by the same guy 
that high up, you just assume that he hit on similar players on both teams. That is not the case with Scott's teams. He hit on a lot of different players. Six and 11? Six and 11 out of 6,900. And, you know, people have to consider, like, okay, top 1% is 69th place. You know, sixth is, like, the top 0.1%. And then 11th is top 0.2%. Yeah. Well, clearly, if I'm he, good at the math. Clearly, if he wins and being in the top one uh, percent, we're going to have to raise how much he's paying in taxes on his prizes. <laughs> yep. All right, let's uh, get to the break, uh, ladies and gentlemen. High stakes fantasy football hour with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak, answering your tweets, emails, and more in fantasy feedback right after this on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. A high-stakes fantasy football hour rolls on here. Eric Balkman with the Dizzle, the patron saints of fantasy football, Dave Gerzak. Time to answer your email. If you've got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFFHour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFFHour on Twitter. I really like it when you do these audios. I mean, that's Rob, man. Whomever. Yeah. Whoever? What do you mean, like the production or the just playing them? Just any production. Oh, yeah. Well, we it's need... It's less talking by us. Yeah, it's which is funner. I think they're really the listeners are the ones that went out in that. Yeah, we need more like, you know, you know, like, if you ever... I don't watch it anymore, but uh, Mad Money with Kramer. Oh, yeah. You know, My yeah. dad's a big fan of that show. Yeah, I mean, and he's very entertaining. It's not that I watch, you know, whatever. I don't. Very bombastic. But he's got, all, you know, he's got all the stupid sound effects. I right. like, I like yeah. the sound effects, Paul. Is there a donkey sound effect? Yeah. Then, yeah. All, and, sort, and, all and sorts the, of crap. The bulls, like yeah. the bull stampede or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, whatever. All right. Let's, uh, there's been way too much talk about money uh, in politics on this show tonight. I blame you for that. I've, by the way, I've been very nonpartisan in my politics talk. I said Since Trump's I, no, I'm in this tonight. I, I said Trump's yeah. name once, but I didn't say anything for or against this individual. All right. Well, there you go. I have something for Kevin. In he has Portland no shot. He's going to lose, by the way. I'm yes. Whether you like him or not. We'll see. I'm really not sure what to do with Eddie Lacy now. I own him in redraft and dynasty, and I'm looking for some advice on how you guys would handle him. Kevin in Fort Myers, Florida. Dave, you own Eddie Lacy everywhere. Tell me I do not own him everywhere. Okay, then I'll answer this question. <laughs> because uh, I, I own think him he everywhere. was drafted by a few teams you know, in like, the consortium. Yeah. None of my teams. None of my teams either. But I do own him in Dynasty. I don't own, I don't draft Kanko players. No, get on a – let me give a speech here. Go to Eddie Lacy. P90 wrecked. I don't want this to seem like – I'm very interested. The speech I don't, is great. I don't want this to seem like a eulogy. I'll hang up. But uh, there has not been a bigger supporter <laughs> in the high-stakes industry of Eddie Lacy than myself. And I, I feel like I can say that with pretty supreme confidence. I was there to defend him <laughs> when the uh, offensive lineman went down. Did he die? When too much pressure was being put on that running game. I was there to defend him when people said he was too fat <laughs> and that he was not going to be a successful running back at this level long term at playing it that way. And I was there to defend him when he lost weight this summer. And I was backing that Eddie Lacy comeback. <laughs> I was there for him this entire time, basically his entire career. You were, actually. You were a very staunch defender of many of my insults. Well, it is tonight that I am done <laughs> with Eddie Lacy. 
I cannot do it anymore, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a hard bandwagon to drive. It's veering off the road into the ditch way too much. I've had the bandwagon looked at. There's a lot of mechanical problems. I'm just washing my hands with it. Well, when you're driving Lacey around, the tire has got flat too much weight. Yeah. Now, I will say this. I'm not going to just sell him for pennies on the dollar oh, no. in Dynasty. No, I'm going to keep him. And here's why. Free agent after this year, okay? I'm talking strictly Dynasty now. I'll get to redraft in a little maybe bit. Maybe he'll get on the P180X. Um, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Try P360. Um, Somebody just lifts weights, heavy weights for low reps and diets correctly. Eddie Lacy. Instead of body weight exercises in the NFL. In Dynasty, this is he's a contract year for him. He's averaging over five yards a carry, 5.07 yards a carry this year. Which is, which is, by the way, he's, he has looked quite good. No touchdowns. Obviously, if he would have scored one or two touchdowns. That's Rodgers. That's that, probably the play call. But, again, I think that if he has two touchdowns under his belt halfway through the season, we look, we look at him in a little bit of a different light. Yeah, we probably. don't because he never got in the end zone. Um, which is really dumb, actually. Statistically speaking, it's kind of dumb. How old is Eddie Lacy? 25? Or next year he'll be 25? I'm guessing 26, but I don't really know. I don't think he's that old. That said, if he's on the market and Green Bay does not try to re-sign him, don't you think that a team – He's 26, born June 2nd, 1990. Oh, so he'll actually be 27 by the time the season starts. But well, not during free agency, he'll be 26. Okay, be 26, but age 27 next year. Don't you think that if there's a team out there that's willing to pay a guy like Eddie Lacy with his track record that they're not going to give him ample opportunity to be successful not only in the running game but the passing game on that offense? I think there is, okay? And I, I, I actually agree. And I think that if that said team gives him money, whether you believe in Eddie Lacy anymore, you play in a 12-team dynasty league, there's going to be another guy in that league that is going to will, that is going to be willing to take that plunge with Lacey if you want to unload him. How do I know it? Because I was that guy in every dynasty league last year that I was willing to take Lacey on as a big comeback, okay? And I know that that's going to happen next year. There's always you don't sound like you're really off the bandwagon. Maybe I'm not. You think, I think you're so honest. Maybe I'm just hitchhiking trying to get on the next steady Lacey bandwagon. I don't know. I think you stopped off and took a week, okay. and then just, you just got back on. Now, that's, if that happens, I, I may deal it. Like I, that's certainly a possibility. I think a lot of that's it. my philosophy in dynasty. Let me just get to redraft yes, and make your point. Rob Demonsky, the ESPN Packers reporter, said that a source told him within the Packers organization they expect Lacey to come back at the end of this season. Now, if he does miss the minimum eight games, uh, I believe he is allowed to start practicing um, after after he misses five games. I, I can't remember how it goes after you know this ankle surgery. He'll be back weeks fifteen and sixteen. Okay. Yeah. You could do a lot worse than Eddie Lacy, a healthy Eddie Lacy, who has, has, did not undergo the pounding of half of October, all of November, and half of December. Okay? He will have, quote, unquote, fresh legs coming back for those last two games. I'm not dumping him unless I literally cannot find anybody to drop and I need a starter. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can to keep him on my roster. That's my point with Lacy. I'm certainly – much, much more bearish on him than I was even 24 hours ago. Go ahead. Well, you know, I, I get it. 48 hours ago. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of the offseason will have to do with his weight. I mean, it, it all comes back down to how, well, how in shape he is. It, can he control his eating? It's, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, you, can't, you cannot exercise your way out of a bad diet. It's all diet. Right. And his to, agent should move in with him, for God's sake. What yeah. is his agent doing? 
But if you if he has one of those high price agents that have eighty clients, he should hire Farrell Ellis. Yeah, I was just Farrell, say that. Farrell will move in with them and be like, son, oh, go ahead, you tell him what Farrell said. Like, I, listen, Eddie, you are a great player, but you need to not eat fast food for every single meal. Get the, I I love the burgers, I love the hot dogs, the pizza, all that's great. It's fantastic. But what you need to do now is make sure that you're getting some greens in your system, making sure you're getting some lean protein in your Anything that ends in ean is something <laughs> that you should be eating. Ovaltine, get it in your system. So I think that's what Farrell would say. I think you'd make a great agent for Eddie Lacy. Uh, Answer my message in the chat. What do I think I'll get for him? If I'm able to get a early second-round pick for Lacy, I would deal him for that. Really? Yeah. I think I, I think that, but again, I'm not going to. I think he's worth a late first. I'm not going to do that until I know where he signs next year, because that's you know, when the endorphins will be running high for the Lacey owners. You know, I remember uh, even as little as a year ago, Shady McCoy. You know, think back a week when he wasn't hurt. As little as a year ago, and Shady's kind of in his prime, but this was after he left Philadelphia and he wasn't really doing that great. And, yeah, he wasn't really in Buffalo yet. He was just getting to Buffalo in Dynasty. Dude, he was, like, untradeable. No one would trade him for a future first. Right. Like, no one would give off the future first for Shady McCoy. And then he goes out and crushes it early this season. Now, granted, he got hurt, but he is still – I mean, you look at Shady McCoy. He's fantastic. He's been great. Well, I mean, you look him on the field, and he's just got he's – got, uh, it's just amazing to watch. I love watching him play football. The cuts that he's able to do. Um, so much yeah. fun. It's yeah. just fun. He's, he's, a, he's a video game player. He is. It's fantastic. All right, do so I have a question? Oh, wait, there's no guest. Yeah, that was a long I, – I felt I had to get the, the therapeutic for me to get the Eddie Lacy. Good job. Uh, dear George and David, is Arian Foster droppable? Sure seems to me that Jay Ajayi has now established himself as the number one running back in Miami going forward. Good night and good luck. Don in Summit, New Jersey. So, Arian Foster, you don't own him anywhere, I don't think. Nope. If you had him in Ajayi. Refuse to draft him. You had him in Ajayi. Well, let's not say that. If you just had him. You didn't have a giant. Would you be dropping him now? Looking for greener greener pastures? Um, I'd be considering it. I guess it depends on how bad the rest of my bench is. But uh yeah. I mean I would I would keep like a Cole Beasley over him. I would keep uh trying to think of other guys who are marginally just okay. Um, what, what about Kenny Britt? Yeah, I'd keep Britt for sure over okay. him. Britt, um, Britt just exploded for that huge game. Well, again, I think he's going to slow down. No, yeah, he, he for sure will. But, I mean, Britt, oh, that would have been a great blind resume. Somebody would have emailed. I mean, but, I mean, I would keep Tavon Austin over Foster. Okay. And he's, like, he's worse than Britt. Yeah, yeah. That's, okay, that'd be good. I'm trying to think of another, like, FFPC tight end type guy. Um, would you keep Cameron Brait over Arian Foster? Probably not. So then at that. Okay, so for me, I own Foster in, like, three leagues. Every single league I own him in, I also have a Jai, so, I, oh, so I'm, not, I'm not going to cut. It's yeah. like, why would you cut the handcuff unless you absolutely had to? Right. You know, I think the interesting conversation comes in, like what you just mentioned. If you just own Foster, no Jai, how really relevant is he to your uh, team? Touch touches last week. A Jai 24, Arian Foster five. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, I think I don't know, and and this is after Adam Gase said. Oh, two weeks before, and we didn't realize he was, we thought he was talking about Foster being the guy. He said, look, I need this is bad coaching on my part. I shouldn't have four guys trying to be the man. We just need one guy to be out there to get the lion's share of carries. And we just assumed that was going to be Foster when he came back. I think it was Ajayi. I think Ajayi is underprojected this week. I look at some of like the RT Sports projections that they have just putting out there, and again, it's like 10 points, 12 points. I think they're not 
they're not acknowledging that Ajayi is going to be the guy. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong. And next week, if I'm wrong, someone else will have to apologize for me. Yeah, don't worry. I'll be on the big giant fall at Epcot. Sort of my second job is apologizing for your actions. (laughs) Hey, Balky and Dave, with no – oh, this is uh, something I alluded to earlier. With no Watkins, McCoy, or Woods in Buffalo, it seems like Charles Clay is going to be the guy the Bills run their offense through this week. Curious if you could play a would-you-rather with other tight ends for week seven. Sure. Tom in Clearfield, Pennsylvania. Only if the audio gets played, Bryce. Uh, Bryce is not in charge of that. Rob is going to hit it right now. Rob? Would you rather get a massage from a man or surgery from a female doctor? Would you have sex with Cleveland if it meant you could have sex with Angelina Jolie? Who would you rather do? What would you guys rather be? Who would you rather start a small business with? Who would you rather have sex with? Do you want breakfast or would you rather chew on your own ass as usual? What? Balky, can I ask you a question first? Yeah. Who's in the World Series? I hear it's Cleveland. And it's yet to be decided from the National League. So it's it's the Cubs, right? The Cubs are up three games to two currently. And who are they playing? The Los Angeles Baseball Dodgers. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. Your one baseball update? Yeah. You asked me in February who won the World Series? Yeah, I don't don't really pay that much attention. So, you know, I actually, you know, I don't mind baseball. I like the World Series. So, like. Once it gets out of that, I might watch a few games here and there. Yeah. Well, there you go. And, and it'll be an entertaining World Series if Chicago and Cleveland uh, get there because, obviously, the Cubs haven't won in 100-plus years, and Cleveland hasn't won in, like, 50-plus years. Oh, the tickets are going to be insane because it's not – I mean, it's not an incredible drive for either team's fans to go from one uh, field to the other. Can I give you my World Series prediction? Yeah, go ahead. The Cubs and Let's Indians. talk baseball. Cubs and Indians, World Series, my prediction? Cleveland Indians, three-and-a-half, Cubs, three-and-a-half. The tie. What the hell? Nobody wins. That's terrible. Yep. That's why football We should about. bring uh, Jason Kahn on and see what he thinks. <laughs> we should have Kahn on if the Indians do win the and, World and Series. And Rob, well, Rob's not a Cubs fan anymore. He's a, he was a, a Giants fan. Giants fan now. So terrible. All right. So Rob, you're an idiot. Would you rather it with Charles Clay? I'm just going to go up because I actually – and if I'm if all these other guys, if you're picking them over Charles Clay, then I'll go down. But Charles Clay at Miami. And, again, we're assuming no McCoy, for sure no Watkins, and we're assuming no Robert Woods. Okay? Just to preface this. At Miami. Charles Clay at Miami or Cameron Brait at San Francisco? You're answering first or me? You go ahead, Clay. I agree. Uh, Charles Clay at Miami or Dennis Pitta at the Jets? Uh, Steve Smith doubtful, by the way. Yeah. Um, man, Pitta hasn't been getting red zone targets. I think he's even had a one. I'll take Clay. I agree. Jack Doyle at Tennessee or Charles Clay? Clay. I agree. Julius Thomas against Cleveland. Wow. Julius Thomas has been crap lately. I guess I would I would agree with you, but I would not have <laughs> been that snap judgment. Sorry, I have Julius Thomas on me. I'm like SBF, SBF, SPA, 480 team, whatever it's called. Charles Clay at Miami. <laughs> Scott Fishbowl, whatever. Yeah, 480. Scott, uh, yeah, Fishbowl. By the way, guys, donate to the SBF, SPA. <laughs> Charles, Charles Clay at Miami or Gary Barnage at Cincinnati. I'll take Clay. I'm going to go Barnage there because, again, same, same reasons for Clay. There's nobody else for Cleveland. No Coleman, yeah. probably no Pryor. I don't like Barnage. All right, I'm going to recuse myself from this next one. Charles Clay at Miami or Kobe Fleener at the Chiefs? <laughs> you know, I'm going to take Fleener. I hate to say it. I'm going to take Fleener. I'm going to take your boy. Kyle Rudolph at the Eagles? Oh, Rudolph, baby. I love Rudolph. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Rudolph there. Although that's a low-scoring game. There's a decent. I think Rudolph maybe has a 53% chance to outperform Clay. It's not that good. Do last one here. Charles Clay at Miami or Hunter Henry at the Falcons? Um, 
I think I'll take Henry. Rivers has an eye for Henry. He's kind of he's kind of he's in his golly I love you stage with Henry. Um, I Gates I, is done. Gates is now coaching. He's either coaching or announcing. I'm not sure what he's doing. He's still playing once in a while, but he's coaching or announcing. He's not announcing. He's getting ready to announce. Yeah, it's like imagine the Chargers game. Like, like we're pleased to be joined in the booth right now by Antonio Gates. Antonio, it's it's a little crowded with you wearing the shoulder pads up here. Uh, That might happen. Coach McCoy said uh, he didn't need you down there. Nah, man, no. They're they're just uh, they're gonna if they need me, they're gonna call me on defense or special teams. (laughs) Hunter's got it. He's he's got it on offense. I've spoken to Farrell recently. He knows Gates. Gates is a great guy. Not that far from the truth. I thought that you were going to go with the, the Lloyd Benson line there. Like, <laughs> I know Antonio Gates. I worked at Antonio Gates. You are no Antonio I'm not Gates. that smart. Uh, Jake in Enfield, Connecticut. I don't know if I've ever heard such a wide scope of weeks in which Roethlisberger will be back. Any guesses from you injury experts? TIA. Thank you for the email, Jake in Enfield, Connecticut. Uh, I've heard Roethlisberger could miss one game. I've heard he could miss uh, five games. I've heard people say that he could actually be out longer than that. Your thoughts, Dave, and I'll give mine after I hear what you have to say. Well, I mean, you have to go by past history, and Roethlisberger is a badass mofo, and he usually comes back as soon as is humanly possible. So I would say one game or two games, because that's just how he is. After the reports came out that Roethlisberger said, he told people that he thinks he, had, he might need more than just the one game. Immediately, there was reports out on Twitter, I mean, reports on Twitter, that's sort of an oxymoron, but People are saying, like, look, this is Big Ben playing it up, okay? He plays it up like, He's prima donna. I'm going to need more than one game. It is going to take me three to four weeks to rebuild. <laughs> and miraculously, when he comes back after one game, the legend of Big Ben lives on. So I think that there, I mean, as much as I'm poking fun at it, I think there is something there that Roethlisberger might actually be doing that. And honestly, I would say, uh, he, if I'd gone to my head, I think he just misses the one game, and he's back. In, uh, in week nine, after, after the Steelers come back from their bye. Now, if, if he does miss two games, I can't imagine that he would be out longer than that. I think, to me, two is sort of the max here. Now, if he misses four games, Paulie, you know what that means about Roethlisberger, which is it's the anti-Eddie Lacey effect. It means that the – because Roethlisberger is a little skinnier this year. I oh, think, is he? I, I think the fatness might have protected Big Ben. Oh, a little bit of the I mean, Dave Puff Marshmallow man effect. Makes that case. I don't want to rip on football guys. I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, here, I'm not but going here it comes. To. I am going to point this out. I don't want to lie to you. But, okay, if you ever go to a car salesman and they say, and you say, blah, blah, I'm negotiating, blah, 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 I can't pay that much. And then if they go, to tell you the truth, whatever they're about to say is complete and utter BS. They're about to lie to you. So go ahead, Balky. I'm not going to lie. This actually happened. You can check the podcast. Kurt does this too. I'll tell you the truth. Um, I, I love the, the podcast and the recap shows and the previews and everything they do. So they're, they're recapping the Steelers' loss last week, and they're both very pr- – they're uh, Tisa Lamming, Sigmund Bloom, obviously big Steelers fans. And they I thought Lamming was a Broncos fan. No, he covers the Broncos, but he's a huge Steelers fan. Oh. Um, and he's uh, best friends with everybody on the Broncos. I don't know if you knew that. Just asking. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway. So Demiria, what happened? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, DT. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even worse. Or uh, Bebe. Actually, is what it is. Those guys are great. I love those guys. They're fantastic. So the big Steelers fans are obviously upset about the Roethlisberger injury, as they should be. Yep. Um, Then their Lammy kept making inferences that they should be calling Dallas to get Tony make a trade for Tony Romo. For whom? I don't know, but to bring him in. Uh, And I don't know if they thought this was a season ender for Roethlisberger. I've never heard it reported as that. 
And then uh, so Lammy said, at least Minnesota had the balls to go out and get Sam Bradford. And I'm like, okay, so now, like, it, it's all – it's a it's a testosterone thing that they need to be going out yeah. with Romo, who also, by the way, is hurt um, <laughs> right now, and to, to bring him in. I, I just – I found that very entertaining. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. I'm sure Roethlisberger would feel real great about bringing Romo in. Oh, yeah. Roethlisberger has a three to four week injury. Hey, I'll say this, though. Pittsburgh – When's the last time they've had a good backup quarterback? Never. But and, and so Romo's supposed to now go to Pittsburgh. That you know, sell his house or his mansion. I, you know, again, this this was something that was said probably in the heat of the moment. He's obviously very frustrated. I don't want to get into too much other than that, but I thought it was and yeah, entertaining. By the way, speaking of Bradford, I I ripped on that Bradford trade like nobody's business. I think I was wrong. Yeah. I mean, that actually has turned into a very good trade. Minnesota is doing supremely well, and it, Bradford's playing great. I can't believe. You know, I said I'd never pick up Matt Asiata this year. Yeah. And I picked him up in two weeks. I'm starting him in one this week. <laughs> and I actually dropped Carson Wentz in the league to pick up Sam Bradford to play against the Eagles this week. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it, it certainly would work. And honestly, if, if Minnesota ends up going to the NFC Championship game or winning the Super Bowl or anything like that, are they really going to be – are Vikings fans – are people ever going to rip on that trade so much? Like, oh, we missed out on our first-round pick. Well, yeah, but look how far you got, you know? You know what? Even right now, it's still a lot to give up. But at least that pick is looking crappier and crappier, which is good. I, Brad, listen, Bradford doesn't have to win the games for him. Yeah. He just has to not not lose him, essentially. Well, this last question is going to take about four seconds. Hello, my good friends. Just read about John Brown's sickle cell trade today. This is becoming the injury du jour in fantasy this year. Can you make any kind of case for starting him this week with Palmer's poor play and going, that's a great team name, Palmer's poor play. <laughs> and going up against the Legion of Boom. Have a good weekend. Javier in Terre Haute. Hey, Javier. He's doubtful, so he's out. Oh, Brown is doubtful now. Uh, let me just verify, but I thought I saw that uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, listed as doubtful for week seven, so okay. he's out. So he is out. So, okay. Four seconds. Well, I mean, he, again, he's not out, but he is most likely going to miss. What does this do for Arizona? Obviously, if you had fits, you're playing Fitz no matter what. Yeah, I mean, even against Seattle, you're not going to sit him. Michael Floyd, is this interesting at all? I feel a little bit better about Fitz, actually. Although, you know, now you have this great secondary. that could actually just quadruple cover Fitz. I mean, there's literally no one so else. So what does that Michael do Michael Floyd sucks. Okay, but if they're quadrupling covering Floyd, I mean, doesn't it make or sense Fitz. that – Or Fitz. Yeah. Doesn't it make sense that there's going to be stuff open for Floyd? He caught a touchdown last week. So, by the way, so Palmer might even miss. So you might have Stanton. It does not sound like Palmer is going to miss. I, uh, All, check, check your sources here, Dizzle. <laughs> give, give, us the, give us the inside plan on what they're saying about Carson Palmer for, uh, for this Sunday. Okay, so he's limited. He's going to start. Yeah. But he, honestly, most of his starts have been limited the last few weeks. He has not been good. And you think about this, too, not to play my own devil's advocate here, you look at Carson Palmer, what he had going for him last week against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL, and it was the David Johnson show. And Palmer really underwhelmed. I think yeah. he threw the one touchdown to uh, Floyd. That was it, right? Yeah. So real quick, um, we're, I know we're about to wrap it up, but uh, I checked Roto World a lot of times for these, uh, this information. So I was checking Ricardo Lewis the other day, So I want, or today actually, and I wanted to see what type of update, updates they have on this guy, who might be the number one receiver for Cleveland this week. Yeah. Most recent update was that they signed him to a four-year contract back on June 1st. So, <laughs> he, so he, he's not – he's, he's the, a little the, under the radar. The stink on him is white hot right now <laughs> in the NFL. 
Total World's not too excited about you. Uh, he's been fine. He's on the team. Listen, hopefully, uh, if you picked him up tonight, you got him at a good deal because <laughs> I'm sure he was going for a pretty penny in FFPC waivers. Total World next week's going to be like, this guy's amazing. You got, he's, he's a WR2 going forward, even though we haven't updated it for like six months. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for this evening. I want to thank uh, Scott Lundy for uh, tuning in and uh, hanging out with us. Great stuff from him. Best of luck to him the rest of the way. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob, and, of course, Bryce, and you for tuning in and listening uh, this Friday. Uh, we always appreciate it. Or if you're listening uh, to us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, always appreciate that as well. Reminder uh, that the High Stakes Lowdown will be released Thursday morning next week. Guess Colts fan himself, Wayne Ellis, will be on uh, the High Stakes Lowdown next week. We will be back next week at 10, 9 Central on Friday. It will be good. Uh, Remember, early football on London, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Get those Rams and Giants either started or sat. Uh, Don't get left out in the cold there. No Dave next week, but I'll have a co-host. We'll be here 10, 9 Central. Enjoy your week seven. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I gotta go because I got me a drop top, and if I hit the switch, I can make the ass You know, we've had Sharkandrick West on this show before. I think with all the great things we just said about Ricardo Lewis, how do we get him on the show next week? Maybe maybe he can co-host with me. I wonder if he has fewer uh, Twitter followers than West had at the time we brought him on. He had a couple hundred. The HSFFR, Eric Falkman, and new co-host Ricardo Lewis. <laughs> Why not, right? Tune in next week. Probably won't happen. <laughs>